Hello and welcome to On The Ball, the Norwich City podcast that has always unequivocally, unashamedly been happy to celebrate a draw. Yes, we get to finish the year in podcasting in celebratory mood as Norwich City remain unbeaten for a 13th game against Ipswich Town. It was Johnny Rowe who etched his name into Norwich City folklore by getting a Portman Road double. No wonder he wanted to bring on the effing derby. Ipswich got two of their own, of course, uh, one for every octogenarian their fans harangued before kickoff, leaving the spoils shared and both sets of support in agreement that it was a very fair result and that despite all the flares and stuff, they weren't all that fussed about winning anyway. Uh, we'll discuss McKenna's saltiness, whether Wagner might be onto something after all, maybe, uh, and after four points from six since the last time we were on, asking if the playoff charge could be back on. Yes, that's right. I'm trying out optimism again. Plus, Shane Duffy as Judy Garland, your comments and questions and all the other unforgettable bits slash forgettable bits that we've had to look up from the first six months in our 2023 end of year awards. I'm Steve Sanders, aka at NCFC Numbers. And talking of lucky draws, we picked out two absolutely belting panellists from the Christmas raffle. Uh, they may have been the only ones available, but they're still good panellists, okay? Um, first up, looking joyously festive in a uh, Christmas jumper and Christmas hat combo. What with the Christmas jumper with Timu Pookie on, I should add, as a nice uh, hark back to earlier in the year. It's it's Zoe Morgan. Zoe, are you okay? How are you feeling? I am full of the joys of Christmas, Steve, um, and full of the joys of the Derby. Well, great, because I think those two things will come up quite <laughs> prominently uh, in the next hour or so. Um, and who else would we want to uh, round off uh, 2023 in panellist world uh, but Dan Brigham? Dan, uh, are you, are you well? Uh, are you I'm good. I'm good, thanks, Steve. Yeah, I am um, delighted to be here. A late call up for Ben Mounts. Mm. I'm not I'm not entirely sure whether Mounts was just appalled that we didn't get three points on Saturday, but uh, <laughs> he's had to pull out, and uh, I'm afraid you're stuck with me. He didn't look appalled on Saturday. Uh, he he looked like uh, well. I watched the game with him, um, and I think we agreed that we were quite happy with that point. We'll obviously get on to it. Um, but I, I think I think we felt like that that was a good point to have. Anyway, yes, thank you for stepping in at the last minute. Um, thank you for dropping Ben as well. And uh, yeah, very nice to have you on. Um, yes, so uh, we'll obviously be talking Derby first up, but um, please, as ever, give us your comments, uh, give us your questions in the chat. Um, Neil Luther's already kicked off with... Uh, the annual question of blue Christmas lights. <laughs> well, I promise they're not blue. I'm going to have to invite people round, which I don't like doing, but it's got to the point where I can only say they are white. They just look blue on the screen. This will mean nothing to people listening in. Um, but yeah, give us your end of year award shouts um, and uh, whether they are player of the year or game of the year or something completely ridiculous. We'll be doing a little bit of everything. Um, so yeah, throw some of those in and we will read them out. Uh, when we come to it later on. But obviously we've got something else to cover before then, so uh, here's our headline act. Yep, uh, you know we're going to start. Uh, Ewan, Leo McKenzie, Malky, Holty, Closer. Uh, we've been spoiled with a few Derby heroes over the years. And you can add Johnny Rowe to that list. He scored a goal either side of half time, which gave Norwich City a point in a 2 2 draw that extends our unbeaten run against Ipswich Town for another four months at least. Latest count 5,356 days. It's a lot of days. Um, uh, Rowe was five years old the last time Ipswich Town won the Derby. Um, Zoe, I'll come to you first. I, I don't, I mean, I don't know whether this was an all-time 
Derby Classic, but it felt like watching it felt by far the most intense game of the season. Um, and it was the outcome, well, and the outcome felt good. I mean, I don't, I don't know whether that, that sums it up or whether you would agree with that. The intent, most intense game for years, it kind of feels like that, that we've had. I, I've been coming on this podcast for a couple of years now, and I genuinely don't think I've had anything better to talk about than drawing to all <laughs> against Ipswich. Um, it, it feels like the best news we've had, which I know it's been slim pickings, but um, yeah, it like it, I know there's been a lot of discussion following the derby about how happy we're allowed to feel or otherwise, but um, for me, it was it was just nice. It was a nice to feel something again. It was a really intense game. It was something that we got excited about before it started. Again, that's been a while coming. Um, and then it happened. It wasn't a, com it wasn't completely painful from start to finish, which a lot of Derby matches are, even the ones that we do quite well in. Um, I thought it was actually quite a decent game, um, especially throughout the whole, you know, the whole sort of 90 minutes of, you know, two very different halves. Um, really competitive I think we'd all have taken a point before it started um and actually you know I I, I think people are very quick to say well you know you've got to take a step back from it and it shows the you know the difference between the two clubs blah 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 but I think we knew we did know that before we started you know we we knew we were a long way behind them we knew that we have been struggling for the past however 18 months however long um, we know how well they've been doing. Like all of that is not brand new news. The fact that we went there, we put up a fight and we came away from it with a point, I think is new, like <laughs> is news to us. Like not many people would have given them much hope um, with that. So it is really pleasing. And, you know, to go away to a team so far ahead of us, to come out of it with a point, A, really good and B, the absolute uh pleasure in extending that unbeaten <laughs> run is um really nice really really nice yeah I think go back and listen to last week's podcast for the uh the fatalism before kickoff if anyone needs reminding of uh, just how little we expected uh to get anything from this um Dan uh we were trying to think of ways last week that we could trying to find ways that we could get some kind of result here um I can't remember whether it was you or me that said it would be with a Marcelino Nunez long throw now, but uh, well, I'm sure one of us did. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, but do you, uh, how, how did you feel about the performance? Obviously, there was talk about it being undeserved and Wagner said that he thought we did deserve it. Um, but th I mean, they dug in, right? And and that's that and that's sometimes how you've got to get a point from these games. Yeah, uh, I mean, it... I felt very relieved afterwards. I think that was the biggest sense of uh, emotion and then kind of just found it very funny um, because, <laughs> you know, Ipswich couldn't beat us when we came up from League One, couldn't beat us um, when they had all the, the millions coming in, uh, couldn't beat us when they were worse than us and couldn't beat us when they were kind of on the same level as us when in Farker's first season. And they still can't beat us when they are clearly currently a much better functioning outfit on on the pitch I mean they were the better side in terms of creating chances um but and, and we should have gone in at the break you know a couple behind at least but second half they barely created anything there was Gunn's excellent save right at the end but that came from a you know a really good um shot they went tearing us apart like they have a lot of teams this season 
Um, McCallum was excellent second half after a really dodgy first half as well against, you know, Wes Burns, who was the best player on the pitch in the first half as well. Um, so, yeah, yeah, you can choose to be a bit sort of correctly negative about it, that we we didn't play particularly well in terms of getting forward. We barely created a chance and we were clinical and took it. Or you could just take the fact that after that sort of period of two months where we just didn't look like anything was clicking, didn't really look like we were digging in, that, you know, that that, that is a group of players. And I know it's the derby, so they should act like this. There's a group of players playing for the manager. Um, absolutely determined not to lose with a bit of sprinkling of stardust in there as well in, in Johnny Rowe and Sarah and Sainz. He was a little quiet, but still when he got on the ball, he looked, you know, competitive. So I would say there's more to be taken, more encouraging stuff to be taken than the negative stuff from that. But um, it is clear that um, we've probably got a lot of work to do still if we want to get slightly more on even terms with Ipswich this season. Yeah, and a uh, few points to make up as well, as some of their fans have been pointing out in the last few days. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think, I suppose one player, obviously, that summed up the kind of, you know, I, th- I think this Norwich City team over the last few games has has kind of got the big moments right. And obviously no one's epitomised that more than, than Johnny Rowe, um, who hasn't played particularly well in either of the two games we had this week and has scored three goals and really crucial goals as well he's just got a knack for being there and for taking his chances and Zoe had you know 10 league goals already um which as I tweeted yesterday it's only him and Jude Bellingham of the players in the top two leagues (laughs) across the big five nations who are under 21 and have done that you've kind of forget he's 20 years old um and you know with any luck he'll still be here at the end of January and he if he can keep going like this and who knows but I mean what what a moment for him on Saturday to back up his comments as well Absolutely. And, you know, and some of those comments around, you know, what he tweeted in the grand scheme of things saying bring on basically bring on the next match is not exactly the <laughs> most antagonistic thing anyone's ever said about it. So it's, you only needed to look um, at Darren Huckabee's Twitter timeline to, to see some, <laughs> some slightly more goading uh, and some slightly more goading tweets. But, yeah, I mean, he is a man with a lot of confidence you can you can tell that you know he's really and why wouldn't he have that confidence and it the the really sort of clear thing I suppose from his first goal particularly on on Saturday was that he's absolutely desperate to score like he clearly has got a taste for it he he really wants to do more of it he had three goes at that one um of flinging himself which like first way forwards, then backwards, and then, you know, and then getting it again in the net eventually. Um, and he clearly really enjoys being that person that, you know, we're all celebrating. And, you know, some some players really thrive off that. I think James Madison is another one that, you know, absolutely n- not shying away from, from being the centre of attention. And um, it's just really nice to have a player that is enjoying himself and, and doing so well. And, the commentary on Saturday kept sort of saying, oh, he's come out of nowhere, he's come out of nowhere, which is kind of true, but he was injured for a, for a big chunk chunk of last season. And I don't think any of us quite knew that, thought that he would burst onto the scene like this. But, he, you know, he's been obviously sort of knocking at the door when he's been fit for a little while now. Um, and, it, yeah, it's just a joy to watch him at the moment. Yeah, the um, he had 15 touches in that game. And- Did he? Yeah, and two of those touches were a goal, and another one was an overhead kick that led to the goal. But as Zoe sort of touched on there, what's really impressive of him is his absolute hunger 
to score and not every footballer has that innately in strikers. I, I don't think someone like even Timu Puki had that absolute hunger to throw himself into things. I don't think Adam Eder does it. I think he's been very good, Adam Eder, recently. But he hasn't got that sort of innate hunger that, say, a Grant Holt did. Um, and the way he flung himself for that header that he missed, but, you know, then uh, the cross was regurgitated and he scored from, just suggests there's a, there's a boy who just knows... Um, just has that attacking instinct, I think, that kind of players at the top level have. And it's no now no surprise to hear that lots of the, a lot of the Premier League clubs are showing interest in him. Um, and it also shows kind of how much he can develop as well. The fact he only had 15 touches in a difficult game where we didn't have a lot of the ball, obviously. He still managed to be in the right place and turn sort of half chances into full chances. That uh, His second goal reminded me like a sort of... Um, uh, a little bit uh, like Nathan Redmond's at, at Wembley, that just sort of in the right place, just took it, t- just took his chance, didn't really even think about it, and, and buried it. Got a tiny bit of luck with the deflection, but you know it's a shot on target, and it goes in. He's just got that sort of natural instinct, I think, and that's that's uh, yeah, just very exciting to see. And um, it sounds like from what Nap has talked about, um, we don't have to sell in January, so fingers crossed. <laughs> which which answered the question that James Beck has uh, literally just asked. Do you think we will sell Rowe? So let's let's say let's call that a no uh, based on what we know <laughs> from uh, Ben uh, from what Ben Napper said. Um, yeah, I mean I, what I liked about the, the two goals they weren't exactly pretty. I mean the first actually was a really good finish uh, considering he was basically falling over as he was hitting it. But I thought you know obviously we we're kind of naturally inclined to compare everything this team does to the Farker era, and I thought neither of those two goals would have ever been scored in the far career. You know, Stacey hoiking that ball back into the box <laughs> first time. Uh, it just would never, you couldn't imagine Max Aarons ever doing that. Um, and then obviously the second coming from a long throw and and Duffy just basically sort of thrusting himself towards the ball. Um, and like you said, just kind of those instinctive finishes. Obviously that, that wasn't necessarily something that didn't happen in the far career, but just kind of hitting, you know, just anywhere will do kind of finish for the second one and it going through the goalkeeper's legs. And, and I, I think I, I obviously take the point that we weren't at the level that Ipswich were. We were never going to be. But, but what this, what we have seen them do over the last few weeks is take the opportunities that they've got. And I think there's something to be said for that in a team. You know, ultimately, yes, Ipswich did have better chances than us, but they didn't take them. You know, Broadhead's miss in the first half was... I mean, I, I don't know about you guys. I thought that was a guaranteed goal when he sort of sold <laughs> Stacey that dummy. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think, and I think that is a quality of this team. Yeah, uh, yes, it, it is. And you, I guess you think in our run, what is it now? Um, four wins in seven and two yeah. draws. Yeah. Um, and we were obviously we've scored in all of those bar one, and yet we've still really, apart from Chef Wednesday second half, not really functioned properly as, a, as an attacking unit. And yet we're still getting goals um, and taking our chances, which. And the old cliche is playing, if you're playing badly and still getting points, um, it means you're doing something right. I don't quite think we're at that stage yet because you've also got to play well and get some points at some stage as well. Um, But we certainly feel like we're in a healthier spot than we were two months ago. We've got some pretty tough fixtures coming up over the next seven or eight games, though. Um, And I'm still pretty much, I'm still doubtful whether the Wagner, as much as I love him and as much as I really want it to work out for him, because he does seem like he really genuinely cares and works really hard and the players seem to like playing for him. I'm still not, I'm still not certain he's the right guy to 
get top six, which I think this squad, when fully fit, um, probably should be very much battling for that fifth and sixth spot. Well, I, I would possibly argue that, well, I, I, I feel like, although, yes, we have been unconvincing at times during this run, I think we've covered that pretty extensively on this podcast. <laughs> I do feel like they are at the moment trending in the right direction. And although some results have been fortunate, this is now over a seven-game spell, as well as Wagner's done points-wise in his entire tenure. And he is a very streaky manager. So, you know, we could be talking about four defeats on the bounce coming up. But it does feel to me like we're slowly improving. Players are coming back. Zoe, am I right to feel optimistic? I feel like you're the better you've person. Come to the, to you've come to the right person here, <laughs> yeah. I think. Um, yeah, I mean, it certainly what it feels like the last few games, yeah, even though we've had some matches of dubious quality, I would say, is that the attitude seems to have sort of adjusted itself. Like there was, I think, when we reached that kind of real low point of the Blackburn home game and, you know, we were the players look like they were a bit shot, like they didn't really know what the plan was. They sort of looked sort of really discombobulated, very confused. I think since then, it, you know, and it, and while there's been a bit of creaking around the edges and while they try and reassemble, it does feel like they're pulling themselves together into a bit more of an organised plan. And I think it doesn't always work very well. And some, it's a bit ramshackle sometimes, but they do at least seem organized they seem determined they seem to know they all seem to want the same thing and I really think in the championship that can go quite a long way when you've got a team playing for each other um really wanting by hook or by crook to to not lose um and perhaps that run of defeats and and really terrible results has at least sort of made them realize that that you know that's not sustainable for anybody especially you know people of of their quality um on paper and yeah I think some of those injured players just sort of starting to to creep back into it you know it was really nice to see Josh Sargent there on the pitch at the end on on Saturday and celebrating and you know I don't I don't think he has to have been to every game um but he certainly seems to have been around a lot throughout his injury and you know it's it's been good to see that he's carried on sort of coming being there supporting the team and um hopefully you know for his Reassimilation is that a word when he comes back into the team it sort of is a bit more strict you know he's been around you know he's um it's it's a bit more smooth and streamlined I suppose then um for everybody but yeah it feels like we're going awkwardly sort of not perhaps in a straight line but sort of ultimately in the right direction at the moment and and I, I do feel actually that although you know there's lots that you can throw at Wagner for not having a plan B and for his tactics being slightly shonky at times. I think one of the problems with Dean Smith that we always referred back to was not having a clearly defined style of play. I, I think we we do have that. And I also think the players do buy into it, you know, and uh, whether that style of play is effective and whether we've got the right players for those roles, I'm not sure. Uh, whether another manager could find a better style of play to suit these players, possibly also arguable. But I do think there are there are pros to Wagner and that I don't know I, I'm a sort of in that camp where it certainly could be better at the moment but it, it could also be worse so I'm 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 in all in at the moment to at least give him the next few weeks when we come back in January I'll be fully on the Wagner out bandwagon if we've uh, if it's turned together that's just the kind of fickle fan I am 
Someone's forgotten QPR and Preston very, very quickly, haven't they? <laughs> I, I was—I spent between uh, hyperventilating and gipping during that match. I was—I I did think if we could have a Morsley or a Luongo along mm-hmm. in our midfield, I'd sit, make you whether it's sitting behind Sarah and Nunez or Sarah and Kenny. It's such a difference because, like against nearly every team we've no against every team good team we've played this season. <laughs> We're absolutely dominated in in midfield, and mm. Sarah and Nunez ran their absolute socks off. We're good defensively, but that's not their role, and that's what you know. It meant we just weren't very ca- we were pretty careless with the ball um, because there wasn't much of an outlet when when they did finally get on the ball. So it's just like uh, I, I'm with you that it's good to have a defined style of play and way of playing, but I, I'm just not convinced that we've maybe got the players. Maybe when it's very much our best eleven, but when there's any injuries to it, I'm not entirely sure we've got the players to get the absolute best out of Wagner's system, which is a bit ironic since we spent the last two transfer windows buying players for that system. So I don't know. We'll see. In, in January, maybe Napa will insist on bringing in a defensive mild, uh, midfielder, and we'll see what happens uh, if that if that does happen. But yeah, I don't know. I, I just I still think I, I think I've got a little bit of hope that we'll get top six. I think a lot's a lot's got to go right if we stick with Wagner, though. Mm, well, if Napa's been listening to the On the Ball Vault, which presumably is part of his research involved, he, <laughs> he will have been. The first two things he'll be doing are getting a defensive midfielder in and getting rid of the wingers, because uh, that's <laughs> or at least a couple of them, because I'll just say on repeat. It's the On the Ball Vault where uh, Michael Bailey was locked in at the AGM <laughs> <laughs> by the club. That's a, that's, a, that's a separate vault that we own that we're keeping him in. Uh, <laughs> I'm a bit fretful for some reason. Um, right, uh, let's talk about um, let's talk Ipswich, shall we? I mean, just just briefly, um, Dan. Did did anyone kind of? Or you mentioned Wes Burns. Did anyone catch your eye in a else catch your eye in a good way or in a? Um, I, I don't really like them very much sort of way. Uh, I, I, mean... <laughs> I mean, all well, all of them, to obviously the second. I, I mean, Broadhead was was excellent. It, it's really the first time I've seen him play properly. I thought his movement was very clever. Uh, God bless him for missing a couple of sitters. Very much appreciate that. But mm-hmm. he was excellent. And Morsey and Luongo, I think, were just very good in, in that system. Um, Leif Davis was kept, was had a quiet game, I thought, which was... And as he's been one of the standout players in the championship this season, I think that is testament to our defensive uh, performance as well. Um, and that, that's probably enough enough talking about Ipswich players, isn't it? <laughs> Zoe's pulling a face like she's she's not got anything. I'm not interested. I'm not interested in this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking about that one that basically assaulted uh, assaulted Stacey right towards the end as well. I've got him earmarked for the return at. Uh, at Carra Road for some good booze. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even remember. I uh, I, I remember. Um, was it Wolfenden who and who had a bit of a ding dong with Onel as uh, as we entered the final couple of minutes? I mean, it was nice for Onel to get on and um, just have a bit of a scrap, which I think was the role that he was he had to play uh, yeah. on Saturday. Um, Harry, Harry Clark the... seems like a man who, who would quite happily be locked in a cupboard. I think he, he seems. Um... <laughs> With I'm Michael. Sure he's a fan favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure whether Michael would come out alive. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. See, um, I, I think I don't. Well, I, I don't know who the one who assaulted Stacey was, but um... who was was that Burns? It might have been Burns. 
Yeah, I can't um, remember. He sort of went uh, elbow first when he was. Uh, he absolutely his... clattered him. Yeah, um, I, well, I mean, Burns has got a slightly annoying man bun, so um, yeah. Let's, let's and as we, him. as we mentioned, Stacey, I thought after some really bad performances over the last couple of months, I thought a second mm. half particularly he was really, really solid defensively, won all his headers. Um, which again was encouraging because he started the season so well and has dropped off massively. So it's good to see him return to form. Yeah, and, and some and, uh, great winking on. at the uh, at the side of the pitch as well when uh, when we scored. Which again, probably why he was there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Anel, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a right of a right of derby passage that really. Uh, so he sees um carrying on the Farker legacy um and yeah point uh, as you said Dan McCallum in the second half was really good and um, probably um at, you mentioned that the Angus gun save as well and um I think it's, it's making a big difference having having him oh and Kenny was good at centre-back against yeah we, we the had high scorers in the league he was we were we all wondered whether he'd be you know he'd done well against um some lower table sides and he's proved he did well with some great interceptions read the read it really well I don't remember really him coming under any real pressure apart from a couple of uh, set pieces. But again, he's always in the mix for set pieces anyway. I thought he was excellent. Yeah, uh, yeah. Julian Scott is asking if Kenny is now our best <laughs> defender. I mean, I think there are genuine questions like, because, you know, Gibson will be back fit soon. Hanley is already in action for the under-21s or the whoever the UCT, whatever they're called these days. Um <laughs> So, but I mean, there is a genuine point, unless things go south in the next couple of weeks, that Kenny keeps his place. I mean, uh, is it his best shot for a Euros place as well? If he uh, if he's suddenly reborn as a, a central, de- could get selected ahead of Hamley, that could be uh, <laughs> could be an interesting or alongside. <laughs> oh, oh my God. goodness! <laughs> <Poor> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was a moment after we scored the first goal after the players were sort of breaking up from the celebration where Kenny had an absolutely enormous grin on his face. And I realised we don't really see him smiling that often. It was quite eerie. Um, his teeth are absolutely resplendent. But uh, yeah, he's not a big smiler, but it was nice to see him smiling. I, I really enjoyed the tender moment that he had with um, Borca Sainz after the goal against Sheffield Wednesday as well, where he just... There was, I don't know what he was saying in his ear. He was whispering sweet nothings or something, but they had a long embrace and um, and Kenny was definitely saying something. So maybe he's not, he's not a smiler. He's just a, a you know, an embracer. Um, yes, uh, I think that kind of covers most of it. Um, I'll just flag up a couple of comments based on, on the game. Jeff Mann 98 says that Williams covered a lot of the bench. Didn't see him at all. It was a complete uh, sideshow really, wasn't he? Like, didn't didn't do a thing um he, he looked very sad on the bench at full time as well yeah yeah what a shame um <laughs> uh paul solahub says uh six prime ministers since ipswich won the derby which is nice <laughs> um Not any good ones either <laughs> so and could be seven if uh if we can get through uh april unscathed um and on the row point um mr bish this is a good point which i've never actually considered but genuinely surprised that Rowe didn't get a chance at central striker when Sargent and Barnes were both out. Pace and finishing ability seems like he would be a natural. I mean, everybody else got a go. So actually, I yeah, slightly surprised that um, that he didn't get a shot. Um, so uh, we'll move it on to uh, things we're not going to talk about. Um, we'll do our awards in a moment, but um, 
I mean, we have to talk about Shane Duffy, don't we? On it, oh, who had a great game as we haven't even talked about him yet. Had a great game on uh, on Saturday and seemingly a great night on Saturday as well. Um, it was yeah. in London, I think. Accompanied by our kit man. Uh, was, that, was it actually our kit man? Yes, that was one of our kit men, yeah, who is in every photo looking. Um, like he's trying uh, not to watch. Yeah, but with a massive grin on his face, just watching Shane Duffy with absolute relish. <laughs> maybe maybe he was just there to change uh, Duffy's outfit in case he needed to. Do they just send the kit man out with Shane Duffy to make sure he doesn't get up to any mischief? Because it wasn't well, doing a good do job, job then, did he? <laughs> Yeah. If Shane Duffy's <laughs> sleeping in his car now, does that do much for his uh, physical uh, ability ahead of, of the game on Saturday as well? <laughs> if he's sort of got a bad back, and uh, yes, hmm. I mean, as long as he can still just stick his head on things, I think, which it seems he can do. Uh, <laughs> that's what got on into a trouble, space. Uh, I mean, I like the idea that there's Norwich players dressed as uh, the Scarecrow and the Tin Man and the Lion out there somewhere in London as well, who are not photographed. They've He's just given them the slip. Um, well, I see Kenny's taken his family to the same place there today, which whether he's just gone to show them where Shane Duffy was pictured <laughs> by a paparazzi just, just last night. I don't know, but uh, yeah, just recreating the memories. Yeah. It's going to be like that photo in Manchester of the Arndale Centre where there's just people sprawled all over the floor. Yeah. It's going to be like a, a landmark. This is where this is where Duffy was dressed as Dorothy. And the kit man was there as well, you know, just to add to it. Um, yeah, long, long time since I've uh, had a night out, anything like that, unfortunately. Um, but that's a separate story. Uh, Do you think I, it would be, we're, like, we've got to assume that the rest of the players were there as well, right? But because if it was if it was Shane Duffy dressed as Dorothy and the kit man dressed as Willy Wonka and that was it it was just those two on a night out <laughs> that would be quite weird <laughs> well it it was in London which mm-hmm. I mean either the players don't rate either Ipswich or Norwich as a good night out <laughs> or so or Duffy's just headed out there on his I mean I can't believe that they would have all gone to London come, I mean well, I know it, it's was, not... it was winter wonderland and I think a lot of clubs go to winter wonderland for okay. their, their Christmas party because they they think that they uh, that the paps won't be there <laughs> and um <laughs> and ma- maybe the other clubs had some sort of emergency procedures put in place where they weren't photographed but uh Shane Duffy uh is too modest to ever think anyone might want to take his photo <laughs> or maybe Duffy was the sacrificial lamb and they were just like if you go out there dressed as Dorothy and start kissing someone who Allegedly. may not be your girlfriend allegedly who allegedly may or may not be your girlfriend um <laughs> then they'll that's it no one else will uh will, will that'll overshadow anything else that might happen on the night out and uh <laughs> it worked so were there any winter wonderland um nights out while you were at the club then dan was that many christmas parties yeah, there? yeah there was but i certainly didn't go to them <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I'd, I'd only dress up as dorothy in the in the privacy of my own home <laughs> Yeah, um, for those listening, that is exactly what Dan is dressed up as right now. Um, okay, we won't come to you as our gossip correspondent then in that case. Um, and then, I mean, the only other thing that I was going to bring up was the uh, the Coleman's Mustard campaign, just because it was all that there seemingly was to talk about before the derby. And the yellow and red scarves, which um, didn't look quite as tragic as I thought they might do. Um, but it was still... 
Ooh, it's all slightly odd as a marketing campaign. Yeah, it has got into one of my awards that we'll be uh, we'll be going okay. through later. <laughs> okay, yeah. well we'll save it for then. In that case, I mean, if uh... I suppose if it does feel odd, why why were Coleman's concentrating all of this marketing budget in a city where it's pro- where Coleman's is probably consumed more than any other city, or where people are aware of Coleman's more than any other city in the country? Yeah, I mean, search me. I I, I feel like we've not done our job by not having. Coleman scarves adorning every, you know, the entire until, background. Until we see some money from it, we can't. We can't just. Go, we can't just go That's doing true. it for free. Are we the only Norwich City podcast not sponsored by Coleman's right now? I think Michael we probably. Bailey's are... taken his eye off the ball. It has. <laughs> well, if he needs if he needs something to do while he's stuck in that cupboard, then uh, he can he can get onto the P, the PR people, the marketing team at Coleman's. I mean, we've just mentioned them about ten times. So if anyone from Coleman's is listening, then um, at least send us a yeah, send us a free send us a couple of jars or something. Um, that will probably do for things we're not going to talk about because we have a lot of end of year awards to talk about um it is december it is our last podcast of the year so um yeah but i mean let's get let's get stuck into some of the traditional ones um i mean game of the year zoe yours i think we already know um (laughs) unless you had another i mean i would completely concur that nothing for me beats that feeling from saturday all year like that was the best feeling it was the best all-round feeling of remembering what it's like to really care about what's happening in the football the build-up the week before Mm. the tension during the game itself the absolute feeling of relief and happiness at the end of it um you know in, in that way if we'd have lost I would not be saying this but in that way it is good to have the derby back it is good to have that fixture in the calendar um it's been a while so it's nice to have it back there's been other games I've probably enjoyed more in terms of just being quite relaxed and happy. Not many, um, but yeah, that one that one was probably yeah the nicest football feeling I would say. Dan, uh, I hate the derby and everything about it. Uh, hate the build up. <laughs> Only like it when we've actually finally won, or 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 with or at least three goals ahead with ten minutes to go, and I can be slightly confident we are going to win. Um, <laughs> I'm just too much of a wuss to enjoy it, I think. Um, So I think probably game of the year was the 4-0 win at Preston um, when Wagner had recently... Was it Preston or Huddersfield? No, Preston last season, yeah. yeah. When um, Wagner had just come in and it suddenly felt like we'd got our team back, playing really good attacking football, smashing in the goals, uh, going up the football league, etc., etc. And it did feel genuinely like um, a bit of a release and one of the first sort of feelings like that since we'd all come back to the football since the pandemic as well. So, although obviously it didn't, really, it wasn't really um, a marker of things to come. Unfortunately, what it just for ninety minutes of football that was uh, that was really enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. Kenny shouting, uh, "This is what we do uh, when celebrating one of the goals." It's like, yeah, yeah. I think I, I heard him say that after uh, the nil-nil with Preston as well. I think this is, this is what we do. <laughs> Maybe he's only saving, only saving it for Preston games. Yeah. You know, there's some there's someone in, in the Preston team or in the stands who don't know what we do um, at any given moment. Um, yeah, and of How course, Kieran Dow starring in that. Well, I, I, I mean, I now that you say it, I didn't enjoy the derby particularly either, but I think that it it just encapsulated. It encapsulates everything about being a football fan for me, other than the, the obvious misery that you get at the end. There, there wasn't that this time around. But um, I, 
I didn't enjoy the feeling at the end of a game anywhere near as much as I did at, at the end of that game in any other game this year. So I think I think that would be it for me. Um, but I can also see why a, a draw being the best game of the year, even in, the, in this year of slim pickings, uh, is feels slightly defeatist. Um, De- Declan Cotter um, has jumped straight onto worst game of the year, which uh, he's nominated the 6-2 against Plymouth. I mean... No arguments, but we've had some bad ones. Um, there was, yeah. Well, I sort of went for a lowest ebb uh, award. Uh, okay. It definitely had many contenders. I would say the the Plymouth game definitely up there. The Blackburn game, real like was that's the first. I think mm. I mentioned on the podcast at the time. I think that's the only time we've ever scored, and I've not stood up. I felt like that. That felt like a real low ebb. Um, also, highly commended for me on that one would be Norwich nil. Swansea three uh, when they made 942 passes and Russell Martin was giving it the big I am on the pitch afterwards. <laughs> yeah, look forward to 942 passes on uh, New Year's Day when Russell Martin turns up again. That'll be a nice way to start off 2024, wouldn't it? Uh, Dan, was that, could you, have you got any lower rebs than that? Well, either I mean, there's several Blackburn ones to choose from isn't there, from this yeah. year. A uh, couple of mid, no, no, Middlesbrough was the year before actually. Um, but yeah, you can't, you can't go in any further than six two defeat to a promoted side. Um, it's I met someone on, I think it was Adam Brandon on Twitter who said, like, whatever happened, like you just cannot trust this team now or this management team when you've lost six two at Plymouth. Um, and I kind of get what he meant. By that, I know, like we obviously got hammered when we came third in the Premier League by Blackburn, but we were beat hammered by a promotion rival, uh, sorry, a title rival. Then we were this time we were beaten by a team who were in League One the season before six two. So yeah, I mean, it, luckily um, I didn't watch a minute of that or listen to a minute <laughs> of that. Um, but yeah, that yeah, it's that's one of our worst defeats in uh, in in my lifetime watching the football. I think. Wow. I mean, obviously. I, I do implicitly trust this team now, as I've already established, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm well, well back on board. Um, the Middlesbrough 5-1 uh, was actually this year. So um, let's let's chalk uh, that one up yeah. uh, as, yeah. <laughs> as another low ebb. But um, yeah, we're, uh, we're we're back on the, the up and up now. Um, best, <laughs> best, <laughs> best, best player of the year. Um, what, uh, Dan, I'll come to you first on that. Um, Probably Sarah, but with a very honourable mention to Kenny, um, which again, I think just because of the amount of work they've had to do in midfield uh, in 2023, the amount of kilometres they must have run um, in 2023, I think Sarah is just just an outstanding player, an absolute joy to watch, can only get better and hopefully it's just here and hopefully 2024 he's at Norwich and uh, powering us to promotion. <laughs> and uh Zoe, any any disagreement with that? No disagreement here. They, imagine Sarah in a team where he didn't have to do absolutely everything as well. <laughs> like it's just uh sensational. Yeah, he uh, he's he's so good. Um and, and a small honourable mention, I'm sure we'll get on to him for other things, but Johnny Rowe as well, <laughs> um, for this season specifically. Yeah, I think those are those are your top three. And probably, I mean, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves but in terms of player of the season award the, those three at the moment would be lock-ins but uh long way to go long way to go um have either of you got a favorite goal from this year um whether a high quality 
number or just one that you found particularly enjoyable i mean i would i would open the bidding with um marcelino nunez against birmingham um just for the kind of wow factor that it produced <laughs> like alex tetty versus Sunderland, but but with genuine technique rather than just kind of like, <laughs> I'm going to throw my leg at this and see what happens. Um, that was probably my favourite goal that I saw in, in person. I, mean, I think. Yeah, and it's a shame Michael Bailey isn't here because I, I remember we had some big arguments with him about whether Gabby Sarah's goal, I think, against Millwall was, um, was better. I think he was um, shocked that anyone could consider yeah, Nunez. Yeah, absolutely outraged. Um, I'm still going with Nunez, but that Sarah's goal as well was was a special one. I also a sort of mention for his goal against Leeds, which I thought was just really mm. like an excellent technical goal, um, you know, coming through a crowd of players in the penalty area. And the, the feeling of going 2-0 up at home against Leeds was, again, one of those rare times when you felt something over the course of the last year. <laughs> Obviously, uh, almost immediately, those feelings were ripped away from us. But um, yeah, it was that. That was a good goal. Yeah, definitely felt yeah. something at the end of that game. Just a very different emotion. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dan. The uh, yeah, Nunes. Um, uh, I would also mention to Barnes's goal against Sheffield Wednesday last week for the team move. Mm-hmm. We haven't had many good, great team goals. Not that I remember anyway this this year. And obviously, Sarah is massively influential in that with um, a quick give and go and then a, a wonderful pass uh, through as well. Um, yeah, I, there have there've, pro- there've been a few own goals, I think, which um, <laughs> uh, which have been relatively memorable. Uh, and we've scored a lot of headers, which and we've not been able to say that for a long time, not since Lambert's era, anyway. Um, so we've been better in the air this season, but yeah, New, I think Nunez does does take it though because it's just uh, just a hell of a strike, and I'm enjoying him trying to replicate that uh, pretty much every time he plays for uh, for Norwich now. Sometimes air kicks it, and sometimes looks like he's on target and just gets blocked by someone's face. We well, had one, didn't he, on uh, on Saturday, which I think which looked like it was on target, whether yeah. it had gone in or not. I don't know. Um, he was he was not... chuckling to himself after that as well, wasn't he? <laughs> Just having a real big smile about it. It's like, yeah, look what I can do. <laughs> uh, just... Michael Bailey wasn't a fluke. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe he had Kenny behind him saying, "This is this is what we do. We do. Uh... <laughs> but this, this is what you do specifically." Yeah. <laughs> also, the long throws. Where, where, where did? Oh yeah, where we did haven't that even come from. We've not touched on this. Uh, do you think he knew he could do that before it happened the other day? Well, I certainly didn't. <laughs> ben and I were saying, did you know Nunez could take a long time? No, I didn't. Did you? Did you? And then, of course, he held it in. And I mean, it worked. So so therefore, um, he has a long throat, right? Is that how it works? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's like uh, in the US office where the his name was the big lad in the US office. Kevin. Kevin uh, isn't allowed to play basketball. And at the end, he's just chucking it in and in and in when no one's watching maybe Nunez was just uh, never asked if he could do a long throw but some, someone just spotted him at the end of training just absolutely launching it into the penalty area I reckon we tried it after conceding in the Sheffield Wednesday game from one and just kind of like well it works for them um yeah that's got to be up with the worst goals conceded of the year I think um especially after Duffy's kind of shanked his out of play oh, to yeah. get away in that the was good fun, yeah. yeah um uh, just a quick shout out as well for Sarah versus Southampton, which is a lovely goal earlier in the season in the away game. 
So I think we've basically established that if we're going to score a good goal, either Gabriel Sarra will need to be involved or <laughs> it'll just be a Nunes howitzer. Um, I mean, that's covered the sort of general one. So any kind of any more esoteric awards that you had? Dan, you had loads. So let's have... Well, I believe one. Zoe does as well. So oh, OK, well, go on then, Zoe. OK, so well... Take I'll, it in turns, I'll, maybe. I'll, yeah, so start for 10. Uh, my... Uh, Feel Like Pure S Just Wanting Back Award uh, goes to uh, Daniel Farker's return uh, in the Leeds game and all of the emotions that that brought. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I mean, Feel Like Pure S Just Want Him Back as well for some of the players who left in the summer. Just slight pangs of regret. Um, I'm just going to pause momentarily because um, speaking speaking of, uh, of awards, uh, we have, I mean, he's probably an award-winning journalist. Um, but he's he's joining the chat belatedly. He's giving us a wave, so I'm going to invite him onto the podcast right now. I mean, you can probably guess Christmas? who it is. It, it's, the, it's the ghost of Christmas past, actually. It's Michael Bailey. Hello, Michael. Good evening. What a nice surprise. We've never done this. We've never done this before. A man who said there was zero chance of him being on the podcast. This is a genuine surprise. Um, uh, are you stuck? Yes, I'm stuck. No, I'm not. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Um, Hello we've done it, Switch. I mean, obviously, you've you've been pre- presumably tuning in and, and listening to this whole thing. I had uh, it on in the background. Yeah. Of course, of course. Um, <laughs> and we've moved we've moved on to our end of season awards. Um, so, I guess have you have you any anyone that you want to nominate and anything that you want to nominate anyone for? No. No. <laughs> well, thanks no. for coming and uh, <laughs> Merry Christmas. It's been, it's, been, it's been lovely listening to you all. It's been much fun. It was great. It was, well, yes, you know, great result at the weekend and all that. <laughs> lovely. I like how you're coming on and, and speaking like you've never seen a football match before. I know. Right? <laughs> Good result yes. for the boys. Exactly. It does feel a bit like that. It um, does feel a bit like that. Have, have uh, no, got, but yes. Exactly. Have you got any quick summation of the of uh, the Saturday's game that you uh, you wanted to run past us? Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I had a it was a weird experience. I've I've been like writing pretty much since the game, so I'm in a bit of a funk. But I I, I have actually finished writing just about the derby in general, which was quite weird, having been exposed to the derby for so long. It was quite strange to kind of write about the essence of the derby and what makes it the derby for like a wider audience so that's been fun but uh yeah i thought um i thought ipswich probably should have been a few goals ahead at half time and then uh, norwich dug in very well johnny rowe walked the walk after his little talk which is exciting <laughs> um i mean it was funny i uh, being in the press box at full time there was basically loads of cheering on the far side obviously from the norwich fans and then sort of a a chuckle from everyone else that sort of laughing at the reaction um because i guess they didn't really know what to do because that wasn't how it was supposed to go so um and yeah nice you know it's a bit of spirit and resilience which is which is nice to see isn't it and you know a couple of players maybe coming back and Roja science looking like he can run with the ball in a direction and and you know <laughs> use one of his feet so you know it sort of bodes well josh Sargent coming back is i'm basically i'm right on board with your i don't know what points train we're on at this point but i i know you're on it steve yeah, i think it depends I'm, who you ask to be honest right, <laughs> right behind you but yeah i think um you know that's that's all right isn't it i Ipswich were a bit i found them a little bit disappointing having they've been so good and they're so well coached yet 
it seemed that they were because they were profligate with their chances that was sort of the difference between how they would normally play and how they played on saturday and and then i don't know how sustainable that is if you keep you know if you do botch your chances and maybe get the odd injury so that will be interesting to see how it all plays out but yeah. As you were uh, as you were writing a reportage piece, Michael, for uh, for the Derby, did you um did you get any any scraps to really get to the essence of the Derby? I, I almost uh... got in a couple of scraps. I think that was uh, loitering around loitering around the stadium, and um, were you I recognised. Up... I don't well by some Norwich fans. Um, so basically, I was sort of I was by the Cobalt stand for a bit. I was in the I was in the. Um, the Ipswich welcome, which was just by the press entrance, really. So you could kind of double up um, uh, watching all that going through. Um, and uh, I mean, all, all I'll say is, you know, it's obviously not great to be banging on the doors of two 80 year olds in a car. But also, <laughs> if the Norwich team coach had the sense to go around the other side, someone probably should have told whoever was driving Deirdre Michael that might not be the best way to go either. Um, I, so I was ended up in sort of along the Cobalt stand and, and there was just the hundreds of Ipswich fans one side and then these dribs and drabs of Norwich fans because they obviously make sure that they come in a sort of staggered way and then this no man's land in between and you know every so often a Norwich fan a couple go hello Michael and I'm sort of standing up sort of on a hill between the two sort of go yes 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 and trying to sort of uh, you know speak but you know not end up then standing back up and just getting a load of abuse from however many hundred Ipswich fans there were to my right i'm just a coward really that's what we've all ascertained here but uh, it was quite a unique perspective i've not really you know been in those um positions for the derby before but you know it's all fun no one no one really seemed to get hurt so that was good take Although, any pyros with you no just saw one fly over my head and a beer can um lots that, of children produce producing gestures yeah they were aiming for you or <laughs> well who knows <laughs> have you seen the uh, clip of uh ashley barnes <laughs> there's a, obviously a pie being thrown at him and he um turns to the pie and sticks his gob open as if he's trying to eat it i think afterwards <laughs> either scored our first or second goal <laughs> this, is, this is what Ashley Barnes does, and and I know you put out oh, the record, the difference in the record between when Ashley Barnes plays and doesn't play, Steve. So, you know, yeah, I he's mean, the he, talisman. He can yeah. eat all one, the pies he wants, as far as I'm one of us in this podcast keeps referring to him as a bollard as well, which, uh, given his points uh, points per game, seems a bit harsh, doesn't it? <laughs> well, I know it's not me, so uh, I guess it must be the athletics, Michael. Uh, Michael Bay. <laughs> How oh, day? How rude! As long as the ball bounces off in yeah. a useful direction, then you know you can be yeah. a bollard. Can't you can you? Be certainly bounce off bollard. him in a useful direction for Ipswich on Saturday, didn't you? <laughs> well, in fairness, I and you guys know this because I put it in the WhatsApp group. I was halfway through writing the sentence. Uh, Johnny Rowe was giving it the big one, but he's barely been involved. And then he literally scored. I mean, like, the guy had done nothing apart from give the ball away. I think pretty much in that, up until the point where he scored. And now he's a hero. So isn't yeah. football isn't football wonderful? Yes, I don't think we can spill, uh, speak ill of Johnny Rowe on this podcast. And also, I don't think we're allowed to be disappointed in Ipswich on this podcast either. They are either pleasingly terrible or uh, annoyingly good, I think. And uh, they, weren't, they weren't really either, actually, on uh, on Saturday. Um, where, where were we? We were doing some awards, Michael, um, before we... Sorry, no. <laughs> would never have let me out of the cupboard, Steve. I was I was perfectly fine. And then I... Well, we don't know whether you're not still in there. Um, but uh, Zoe, did you, have, did you have any more? 
honorary oh, well mention. i was about to say michael is the winner of one of my other awards uh oh, for, I, that's the, not why i'm here i did not know this the, <laughs> no, the, no, the notable absence award for people it's not quite the same without uh <laughs> michael bailey has won that um but just ahead of josh Sargent and grant Hanley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Tammy Pookie must have been, must be in the running for that as well. Yeah. And all of the eighteen nineteen squad. <laughs> and, and where's Hulahan? <laughs> yeah, and Holty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Michael, you've beaten some stiff competition here. <laughs> yeah. Let's not put that one up to a vote, <laughs> please. <laughs> Um, I've got uh, the the Todd Campwell Fashion Icon of the Year goes to uh, Alan Russell, who uh, mm -hmm. of course was our manager at the start of the year, lest we lest we forget. Um, do we know what he's doing now? Uh, he uh, he did pop up. He was um, coaching Ivan Tony because obviously he isn't playing any football at the moment. So and oh. I think he was over in the states for a bit as well. So um, I think his partner's had a baby. It's really, social media is great. You don't, you know, you just follow stuff and they tell you everything that's <laughs> happening to them. So I think his partner's had a child. So I think he's become a daddy. I don't know if that's for the, how many times that is that he is now a daddy, but he's a new daddy. So yeah, loads. Was, there you go. That was, that was a, a much more thorough update than I was yeah. expecting. Thank you. Glad you um, you're glad you're asked now, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> That's why. That's why we've uh, your absence has been so keenly missed. You see, Michael, uh, Dan, did uh, did you have any any more awards? Just a yeah. So the football was better in the old days. Award goes to the match where the PA didn't work at Carrow Road. Oh, yeah. uh, I can't remember which game it was though, but it was it was quite nice to have a build up and just hearing the crowd get louder and louder on its own. Um, and in a similar vein, in tribute to our home form in 2023, which is nine wins, eleven losses, and two draws. The misappropriate song award of the year goes to uh, Welcome to the Jungle, which we run out to uh, before every home game, which does seem uh, a bit unnecessary, I think. Uh, a couple of others as well, if you want me to keep going. Keep going. Best song award. Uh, it's got to be the row chant, but closely followed uh, by uh, the crowd serenading the referee against Sheffield Wednesday when he went down the tunnel with You've Had an S. Uh, when he came back on, which I very much enjoyed. <laughs> yeah, mm. and I'm, I'm only not swearing because my because because uh, teachers joined. This <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah. We need to behave now. Um, yeah, another fan into uh, fan interaction. Um, my best post-match fan interaction of the year goes to Andy Hughes at uh, at the Hawthorns. <laughs> um, I'm hoping we see that resurrected on Boxing Day um, when we when we travel there. Um, and also best comeback of the year to the. Um, fan who when Somerville celebrated uh, by shushing the crowd said we're already quiet uh, very much enjoyed that. <laughs> I, I did have that one as well yeah. <laughs> uh, if we talk about quotes as well quote of the year is uh, I'd never move on because as without being rude a few divorces in the snake pit <laughs> in, a, in a year of very memorable lines from our former sporting director I think that one probably tops them yeah, that was fantastic. Although um, Todd claiming that um, Bayern Munich were after him has to be, a, that's got to be up there in terms of quotes. Well, <laughs> it was Todd, Todd. Todd Bayern Munich. <laughs> and I don't, I don't want to be controversial because I know, Michael, you loved this, but uh, in the sales team bullying the marketing team into something insane award, just beating off the uh, Coleman scarves is uh, someone deciding that an American PA announcer for the entirety of a match <laughs> due to Tampa time day was a good idea. Could only have been a salesperson who's promised the absolute world to Tampa and some poor marketing person in that team have had to en enact it. 
that game. Uh, that I know game, you were a fan. That game also won my uh, "We Deserve Everything That's Coming to Us" award. So. <laughs> <laughs> and we got it. He was a lovely guy. He was a lovely guy. I've also um, got a um, "You OK, Hun" award uh, for Todd Cantwell. <laughs> Just, just generally, no, no specific yeah, incident. Just generally. Just, just generally, although he's won a trophy this week. He has indeed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and scored a champion. Scored a Champions League goal as well, didn't he? Although it was in the qualifiers and therefore <laughs> didn't count, but he did say it was a Champions League goal. So. Um, I, I feel like all of these awards should be asterisk in Scotland. That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we uh, another one. Uh, we pay our money for this award, sponsored by NCFC Numbers, because this was using uh, one of your stats that I remembered. Uh, when Norwich went five games without a goal at home for the first time in 103 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that wasn't even our lowest ever award either. That's in the future. That, how, did, how did that not come up at that point? Um, my uh, saddest looking pundit of the year goes to uh, Ben Gibson at Middlesbrough, who presumably um, <laughs> thought it was a good idea to uh, step in when he was injured against his old club and uh, looked like he bitterly regretted that by the end. Um, and of course, best prize of the year goes to uh, Norwich City offering up the hot dog <laughs> for hitting the crossbar. <laughs> uh, wonderful stuff. Um, anything else? I, I suppose just a, a positive one, I, I guess, you know, uh, and a, um, this, the, we are a great club, really, award goes to the mental health video, which uh, oh, yeah. was a superb piece of work. And yeah, yeah. An important piece of work. Well, that that feels like uh it feels like an apt moment to end it um i had i had a couple more snide ones but i'm going to leave them <laughs> oh go <laughs> yeah. on no That's it's too late. late you might as well say them now Steve. go on go on well um yes my false messiah of the year was isaac hayden with uh marquinhos as runner-up um and the um he can't play their award of the year liam gibbs up front um and then <laughs> this is particularly snide George Longingale. So I'm sorry, George. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, I see. I, yeah, now I feel bad. You, you made me do it. You made me do it, Michael. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, well, we're, we're pushing the hour mark and uh, we're still going to do a little bit of talk about uh, what's coming up over the festive period. So uh, I'll, I'll queue up Motti. This is almost fantasy football. Yeah, I don't know if you uh, know how this works, Michael, but this is the bit where we uh, we enter the uh, we look forward, and uh, the period we're entering now is the the busy festive one, as they call it. So um, we start with Huddersfield at home on Saturday against former West Brom manager Darren Moore, and then it's West Brom away on Boxing Day against former Huddersfield manager Carlos Corberan. Confusingly, uh, a friendly trip to Millwall awaits on the 29th before, uh, as we've already said, Russell Martin will return on New Year's Day with Southampton. Um, so let's do 10 minutes on each of these, please. Uh, no, um, Zoe, I'll, I'll come later. to you. Yeah, I'm off. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, Zoe, I'll come to you first. That's four games. Um, what would be what would be a good return from those four? Well, obviously winning them all. Uh, sure, sure. What would be a realistically uh, good realistic. return? <laughs> well, we've got, I think we've got to start by winning. I think we've got to back up that good feeling from the derby uh however you might want to position it as a good feeling uh with a win on saturday i think um that's a real must win game really uh especially given our home form in 2023 um and our record against huddersfield seems pretty decent so uh yeah i think we've got to win that 
I think obviously you've got to assume that the Southampton game is going to be a difficult one. Um, I would say if we could get seven points from those four games, I would be happy. <laughs> you think? <laughs> <laughs> Michael, very much pricking the balloon of optimism that we've tried to get going. <laughs> no, no. Well, I'm... I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm glad it's someone else with a pinprick this time. (laughs) (laughs) Just not me assuming that we're not going to win every game is very difficult for me. So I hope this. It's quite tough for me to try and be even slightly realistic. I hope you understand. I think that was a good balance in amongst all the uh, cynicism. Um, But we uh, gone Dan, sorry. I've just just done thirty seconds of looking at our fixtures and. Five of our next seven games are against the top six teams in the top six. So, Samson leads West Brom twice and Hull City. So, mm-hmm. um, it's it's a pretty big, big, uh, uh, what, four through two weeks coming up, uh, two or three yeah. weeks coming up. Um, and obviously, Josh Sargent's not back yet. And I guess uh, going back to what we were talking about earlier, whether you know whether this run that we're putting together, whether the results are more impressive than the performance, I think that's really going to be put to the test if we can if Wagner can somehow get us you know through these next seven games with the same points return as we've had over the last last seven games um seems unlikely at this stage because of the strength uh, of the opposition we're facing but if we do if we do carry on this form then suddenly we'll, we will inevitably find ourselves in a really good position going into the sort of final stretch of the season yeah and and with uh, I suppose as you say a tricky run of games kind of behind us and I guess theoretically some easier ones um, after that. That's that's how it works, right? Um, yeah, I mean uh, Hanley back in action, uh, Huang's back in a week. I mean, obviously these players will presumably be eased back in. Sergeant um, looks like after this after the festive period, hopefully he'll be good to return. So suddenly we do have a bit more depth. Um, Michael, you know, do you? <laughs> At seven points, yes, seemingly the, the best that we can do. Um, but I don't know. It does. It does feel like with these players coming back, that um, you know the, the squad is more like what you would hope a playoff chasing squad would look like. Yeah, definitely. I, I think Josh Josh Sargent has the ability to to make a a big difference. I I struggle to think of the team not getting found out against Southampton and Leeds again. Um, it's interesting playing West Brom so close together twice. I must admit, and they 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 are a strong side, but they they do have slight vulnerabilities there. Um, I mean, I, you know, they've got they've got the potential to chase down the the fringes of the of the playoff pack. There's a bit of weakness in the championship, I think. So there is that there. Um, I just can't trust them, <laughs> and it's. Um, you know, I, I, the derby was encouraging in a lot of ways, but um, they also d- did not really threaten at all in the second half, and and it was very much a let's let's close up for a bit, which is a which is something that they've done in the past. So I think um, I think um, you know there's there's potential there, and that's exciting, and I think that's probably all anyone wants at the moment. So um, I think you know averaging a Averaging what was I thinking? You know, more like a point and a half per game. Is that the actual thing over Christmas? It would be quite good. What's that? How many games? Four games. So what's that? Yeah. Six, six, six points. points. 
Two okay, wins, I, I, even I've overdated that. You know, I was so damning of seven, and I've come up with six. So I don't know <laughs> how that actually works out. But I think um, I think everyone has to appreciate there's going to be a kind of a season of of you know a couple of good results and maybe then the, the bad ones thrown in and it's classic unpredictable championship fodder and and see if that's enough to take you above a few teams and 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 challenge as late into the season as possible yeah i mean i think we said it when Wagner was appointed that he is a streaky manager right and that seems to be exactly where we are we win a few we lose a few um i mean james beck has maybe summed up in a few words what we've taken an hour and five minutes to say one game at a time we are bad but we keep winning uh so you know we'll take we'll, we'll take that bad performances and wins but um i completely agree with what you said zoe i think saturday kind of feels key because it's exactly the sort of game that could just like kill all the optimism if we play badly and fail to win um but hopefully not um and hopefully that'll take us nicely into the christmas period um I am. Um, I well, I think you're now going anyway. But I was going to say, I'm, I'm now going to go. Um, <laughs> just, just, just going to go. I mean, we're literally going to crack on. But what I was going to say <laughs> is, uh, this is the most esoteric appearance on any podcast in the world. So I'm, I'm sorry. I feel like I've just. No, it's been, it, it's been a genuine. It's been a genuine pleasure, Michael. It, we are very <laughs> kind. Um, I am going to the Huddersfield game with my friends who are over from Perth, Australia. Uh, now, the last time they were over from Perth, Australia, I took them to the football and they got to watch uh, Norwich at home to Luton, which was a 1-0 home defeat. And I think Glen Roder was manager. It was horrendous and they didn't see a goal. Uh, so we were all going to the Huddersfield game. <laughs> now, you know, 4-0, win, obviously. You know, some, let's hope there's a goal. Come, please hope that Norwich score and then everything will be great. And if it's a 1-0 defeat, I am blaming them. I mean, I'm surprised they wanted to go back after a, a goal, a game in the road era in which we didn't score. I can't imagine that that would have. Uh, mind you, it has been what 15 years, so perhaps they've uh, the scarring has, has just healed itself in the meantime. Maybe, maybe. Um, right. Well, thank you very much for, it, for joining us, Michael. Uh, it's it's been like you know on Christmas Day when you've got that final present that you don't expect your parents to get you. Uh, they've just brought it out and it's exactly what we always wanted was a little cameo appearance from, from our, <laughs> I, really, I really do not think that's how, quite how this has panned out but can i just say it's been lovely to share this screen and the uh, microphones with you for these five minutes and what a brilliant job you've been doing uh, to keep the whole thing going while i just swan off in a cupboard so um keep up the great work and i hope that norwich city rewards you with all the points you could wish to receive. Seven. Yeah. Four six. points. Yeah. Six, six is good. Yeah. Six is good. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on, Michael. And Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Good luck getting out of the cupboard. And uh, we will see you soon. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Uh, I mean, that's literally, you know, you know, that person who at a party leaves before the end so that everybody can say goodbye to them when they you know just just for that moment where they can get to make an exit <laughs> that's what that was because we are pretty much done anyway um unless he's uh, not he's not the man for a, an irish exit is he michael he's not he's just not gonna he's not gonna suddenly disappear without saying bye <laughs> no very much uh very much wants you to know when he's gone um i mean have we got any have we got kenny other business uh before we before we wrap this up 
Uh, don't don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I feel shocked after Michael Bailey's appearance. It's uh, how would you feel if he actually was uh, was a present on Christmas Day? If you were just unwrapping and you know, kind of wriggling around presents, and it was and it was Michael. Um, I mean, I think of all the people who I could unwrap under my tree, he'd probably be in the ones I'd rather unwrap. What would I do with him when I un- when I would I just get to get to own him then? Get to keep him. <laughs> <laughs> like a puppy. <laughs> I could get him to appear at various points of the podcast whenever I wanted to. Whenever I wanted him to. He'd just be could sat you, next though? to you the whole time. <laughs> no, I, I absolutely couldn't, no. <laughs> could you could you come on for all of it next time? No, no. Oh, okay, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I don't think I'd, I don't think I'd want it done. I don't think I would. Um mm. I haven't well, got enough wrapping paper either. So. Cross cross that one off the list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll save that set piece for uh, for 2024, shall we? <laughs> yeah, we'll, uh... we, we've uh, not talked about the big FA Cup tie, have we? We have not. No, uh, you're absolutely right. It's uh, it's Bristol Rovers for anyone who doesn't know, uh, but that also does care. Um, in fact, that will probably be when we next return. Um, so we'll do a deep dive into uh, the... Why we never win in the FA Cup. Though. That's why we never win in the <laughs> FA Cup. Yeah, I mean, I think the 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 concerns about the second string um, might might come to fruition. Um, but it could be Josh Sargent's glorious uh, comeback game, of course. So um... We've also not mentioned uh, Abu Kamara scoring a couple of goals mm. for Portsmouth the other day. And uh, yeah, seems to be doing really well there. Which is good to see. Yeah, um, I mean, I I think he looked like he could probably do with a loan at the end of last season. So hopefully he'll come back. Um, you know, we've we've had it before with a few players, haven't we, who have um, come back after a successful loan spell and looked it completely transformed. Like maybe he's had what Adam Eder could have done with two, three, four years ago. Now, yeah, but, uh, 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 one of my best mates is a Portsmouth fan, and and Kamara is apparently a after. They had a few doubts about him to start with. Uh, he's now a firm fan favourite. Okay, just like Ashley Barnes. That's uh, that's <laughs> a nice parallel. Um, well, uh, yeah, one for our one for our loans manager. Um, we've got, in fact, we've got an ex loans manager now as uh, sporting director, haven't we? So um, I'm sure they'll be expertly keeping an eye on uh, <laughs> on Abu Kamara with all the combined skill that they have. Um, right. Well. What what a podcast full of surprises. Um, that is all for today's On The Ball, uh, the Norwich City podcast. Uh, there's us for a mustard sponsor for Christmas, as everyone else seems to have got one. Um, please make sure you subscribe to On The Ball if you haven't already. Um, I mean, if, if you don't after this one with a surprise appearance from Michael Bailey, then you're never going to. Uh, it's free on your usual player. Just search On The Ball, Norwich City on your preferred social platform, ratings and reviews, wherever prompted, are always hugely appreciated. And if you want to get in touch with any questions, uh, direct message me on Twitter at NCFC numbers. No one ever does, but it's fine. Um, I'm always there. Um, a big thank you then to our remaining guests tonight. Um, Zoe, <laughs> uh, thank you very much. Thank you for coming dressed for the occasion as well. No problem with my uh, Craig Bellamy themed uh, Santa hat that I'm wearing, which is very old. Um, it says Jingle Bellamy on, on it. Ah, uh, yes. Jingle yeah. Bellamy. Yeah, Bellamy, yes. Uh, that, that old famous song. Uh, yeah, Merry Christmas, Steve. It's been a pleasure, as always. 
Merry Christmas to you and thank you for everything in 2023 and um, um, the same the same to you of course. Thank you pleasure and, and 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 also a genuine pleasure to be finishing another year with Norwich unbeaten in the derby as well. I mean we couldn't have we couldn't have scripted it better could we? Um, I was really thinking we, that we weren't going to be able to uh, to say that but um, I don't think we'd have bothered doing the podcast no. <laughs> if, if, if we'd lost. <laughs> It would have just been me here on my own, uh, with my <laughs> cry, crying into my blue lights. Um, Michael suddenly <laughs> popping up twenty minutes into your uh, into your tears. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to need some warning for that next time. Um, and uh, thank you, everyone, for listening and for sticking with us throughout the year. Whether you're listening live or listening back, um, as I always say, we do really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I think our next pod will. Well, it's definitely going to be in the new year, probably on the eighth of January. Um, after that, it's a Bristol Rovers game. Um, the start of a glorious cup run, no doubt. Um, until then, uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year and never mind the danger.